Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, as usual, I am one of your hosts, Illegal86, and I've got some great news. We're all back. There's three of us today. Uh, Nerd Bomber is back. Shout out to Nerd Bomber, who's, I don't shout, she's sitting right next to me, at least in the sense of podcasting. I'm very excited to be back and not to be sick. Still a little nasally, might cough here and there, but like I am feeling a heck of a lot better than I was. I was waiting for the SpongeBob Chocolates voice response to "Hello" from your sickness. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, quite wait, that wait, sick wait. anymore. Well, that's 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 good. Um, I also I want to give a shout out to to Tectic again, shouting out to him as he's right here. But um, Tectic picked up a lot of the a lot of the producing duties that Nerd Bomber tends to handle, and uh, he did a stellar job last week. So, um, and I had no idea what's involved. So shout out to Nerd Bomber. My goodness gracious. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it, it is what it is. Editing, I think the more often that you do it, the easier that it kind of comes. So it, it's good, though, that you guys got a chance to see what's behind the curtains. So fun times, I'm sure. This podcast is just, just going to be us shouting each other out for a full hour. You know, shout out to Tectic for for being a great a great dad, even though he doesn't have children, you know, stuff like that. Shout out to Illegal for that shout out. Right, exactly. Um, we are not going to just be shouting each other out for for an hour. Instead, uh, we are going to talk to you guys about San Diego Comic-Con. And um, specifically, we're going to, uh, you know, run through a couple of topics. We're obviously going to talk about Marvel Phase 4. Um, that's probably what most of you are expecting us to talk about. But we're also going to talk about the Top Gun surprise reveal, um, His Dark Materials, the latest trailer just dropped for that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Walking Dead movies. And I don't think this was at Comic-Con, but we, we kind of wanted to just, um, you know, in this safe space, kind of debrief about that horrifying Cats trailer. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah. Um, first of all, though, I do want to shout out our, our wonderful producer, Ben Checkness. Um, so we, we, I like to do this at the top of every episode just so to, to make sure Ben here is uh, saying his name. Um, we do want to thank Ben. So Ben supports us on Patreon. Uh, he supports us at the night level, which is the top level of support. Um, as a, a night supporter, um, Ben, first of all, is a producer, so he gets a shout out in every episode. He also has input into our game segments every week. And um, he also gets access to a lot of great bonus content. Uh, we do a secret segment every month. Uh, we also do vlogs every month. I have a vlog that should be coming out soon uh, for this month. Um, Tactic and Nerbomber have already done vlogs. Um, so um, I'm super excited to, to see your pretty face. It's, handsome. I'm yeah. sorry, handsome face. You know, I've never thought about that. That will be the first time probably that a lot of the listeners are going to see me. Well, if you support me on Patreon, that is. So if you want to see what I look like, uh, first of all, prepare to be disappointed. But second of all, um, you're going to need to support us on Patreon to make that happen. And um, on Patreon, we have three levels of support. As I already said, Knight is the highest, but there's also the Squire level, which I believe uh, still gets you access to the secret segment and the vlog. Yep. And then the page level, which don't know the specifics on that one, but it's That less. gives you access to the secret segment, but not the vlog. Right. Um, so if you want to go and maybe throw some support, help us out with what we do, head on over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast, question mark. You're correct. Well, not the question Exclamation mark. mark. That's, that's me saying. Yeah, right. Perfect. Um, so yeah, shout out to Ben. Um, and yeah, let's kind of dig into this, guys. So San Diego Comic-Con was 
this past weekend. I think it actually started on Thursday. Yeah, I believe um, so. And and first of all, I mean, before we get into the specifics, it's my dream to go there someday to like be in Hall H and like see all this stuff live. I can't imagine how exciting that would be. I know every um, year I contemplate like getting tickets to go either San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con. I feel like both of them always have like huge amounts of announcements and celebrities and fun pop culture stuff going on. And then I still just have not like I've gone to a lot of local cons, but I feel like San Diego is the big one. Yeah, I've never been to a single con actually, but like it, you know, nowadays, now that like nerd culture is kind of becoming like cool, it's getting at least closer. Yeah, it's like closer to mainstream cool culture, right? So like, there's never been a better time to be at San Diego Comic Con. Like, all these movie studios are throwing all this money at it because they know that uh, it has a much wider audience than it used to now. So there's a lot of celebrities that are showing up and all these crazy things that are happening. So you know, it would just be super cool. Do we know? Has have either of you guys ever looked into like how much? it cost because like i know like e3 don't you like need to don't you need to be invited or like you need to get like a press pass you can't just buy one so i don't know how e3 i think they opened it to the public but i know comic-con they sell out pretty quickly like i know you have to get on the internet and basically wait in an online queue and hope that you get tickets to it so i don't know what the actual um prices if you manage to get in that online queue and get tickets the authentic way but i have seen them on ebay like pretty expensive the the they also break it out into instead of the whole thing, you can get like day passes, which are an easier one to get than as opposed to the full thing. So it's it's not at least for New York City Comic Con, it's not as unattainable as some might think. I believe that. I mean, I you know, for me, it would I I imagine I would hope the most expensive part would be the flight to California, but. Maybe that's not the case. I don't know. Um, either way, maybe we'll be lucky enough to go at some point. But um, for now, we're watching from the sidelines and we're watching Marvel bust out its just bananas phase four lineup. I mean, there's so much to go over here. Um, I, I guess we can do it in like chronological order, like when stuff is supposed to come out. But I mean, guys, in 2021, they're supposed to come out with seven things. That is crazy like, to me. Um, and I know they're not all insane. movies, but that's just a lot of content. Right, so so just kind of just run down everything in Phase Four. So uh, Black Widow is um, obviously Black Widow spinoff movie that comes out uh, next May. So that's twenty twenty uh, fall twenty twenty. We're getting the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus series. Uh, November twenty twenty, we're getting uh, Marvel's Eternals. Um, then twenty twenty one hits, and this is where you get a lot of stuff. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I hope I am. Shang Chi. Uh, is coming out uh, in February of that year. Then you're getting another Disney Plus series, WandaVision, which is obviously about Wanda and Vision. Um, The one that I'm most intrigued by is uh, also in 2021, we're getting uh, Doctor Strange 2, which is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, which is actually, it's being billed as a horror movie, I guess. Yeah, I see. It's being advertised as such. That's what I... Which I I can't... I really want to see how they're going to do that. And I really hope that Doctor Strange is put up against like hard decisions with like like disemboweling someone like that'd be cool i'm really just interested to see how they're going to handle the multiverse in general because they touched upon it in endgame and they kind of like hinted a little bit at it in spider-man far from home and then obviously like Uh, i haven't seen seen spider-man yet well i mean you you saw that in the trailer though sure i just wasn't sure how how deep you were gonna no i was just gonna say like i'm mentioning that they mention it 
And so, like, this will be the first time I think they really get to, like, rectify some of the uh, plot holes isn't necessarily the right word, but I know we talked about this in our Endgame episode, but just, like, a lot of things that, to me, felt kind of off with how they handled the multiverse in Endgame. So it'll be interesting to see how they resolve some of those issues that a lot of people had with the multiverse and time travel and all that kind of stuff. Right. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I mean, as someone who enjoys a good horror movie, I just, I cannot imagine Marvel fitting itself into that box. But it's going to be a psychological thriller for sure, especially with it being Doctor Strange, right? It's going to be strange. But I mean, Scarlet Witch is in it too, right? Who's that? The Scarlet Witch. I don't know if Uh, she's in that. She was on, I believe, the the movie poster that they had released for it, or maybe it was just a fan-made thing. But I'm pretty sure that the Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen, is going to be in it. Maybe she's the protagonist in that one. She is a villain in the I'm not sure how much is known. I'm not sure how much is known about it, but I'm just like, like, I obviously, I don't think we can expect any gore or like, I don't think it's going to be rated R. I don't see Marvel going that way anytime soon. But like, I mean, it's not like there aren't PG-13 horror movies or even, are there PG horror movies? Is that a thing? Like, I don't don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm trying to think like maybe like Goosebumps, but I think even that might have been like, PG-13? I don't I don't really remember. And Eve, like, what are most... I mean, most Marvel movies are still PG, right? Or are they... I never even think about that with Marvel movies. Are they PG? Are they PG-13? Who cares? Just go see it. Yeah, um, that's kind of where my head was at. I but feel like probably, I, I, like, the Spider-Man movies, those are a little bit more PG because they're catered a little bit more towards a younger audience. But you're right. I mean, some of the, the other Avengers movies probably could be a little bit higher in those... Thanos got decapitated. I'm almost positive that was PG-13. Yeah, I mean, they get pretty violent. This is actually... I'm going to look this up really quick. I'm going to look up what Endgame was rated because I'm very curious. Endgame was PG-13. So... Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm thinking like like Winter Soldier was probably PG thirteen, Civil War was probably PG thirteen. But you're right, like Spider Man is a little more lighthearted. That might be PG. Um, just as a check, I'm gonna look up Spider Man Far From Home, and I will tell you that that one was also rated PG thirteen. So maybe they're all just PG thirteen, and we don't know. Um, sorry, MPAA, we we don't know anything. I guess. Um, but anyways, uh, so that's Doctor Strange. That's one of the ones I, I really wanted to mention. But um, we're only halfway through. There's four more that I haven't mentioned yet. And probably the biggest one I haven't mentioned. So you have the Loki Disney Plus series, uh, which comes out in spring of 2021. Um, you have, I don't know anything about this one. I can just see the title in front of me. Marvel Studios What If, summer 2021. Do you guys know anything about that one? Yeah, that's supposedly these like tangential, if this happened, this would have been the progression, kind of like a series. It's a what if series. If, if you've watched the, if you follow the Facebook page, what if they post videos like, what if the atmosphere was composed of 100% oxygen? And then what the corresponding outcome of that would be. It's just that kind of like okay. hypothetical scenarios. Um, which I find like, kind of excited, if- exciting, especially with all of these parallel times that could be occurring and things like that. A what if would be totally fitting. Yeah, like in a comic book universe, there's a lot of potential there. Um, so that's also a Disney Plus series, it looks like. Um, most of, yeah, I think the majority of these are TV shows, I should say that. Um, then we have in fall 2021, you have the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, which I believe they have Jeremy Renner for that. Um, and then... 
probably the big one and the one that I heard the most about. Um, November 5th, 2021, uh, there's another Thor movie coming, Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. Um, so it is Thor 4, I guess, technically, um, but um, the big, kind of the big deal with it, there's a lot of big deals with it. Um, they're bringing back Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok, which is like the best move ever, I think. Thor Ragnarok was like what really reinvigorated the character of Thor for me. Um, but they're also going to introduce a female Thor uh, in Natalie Portman, who plays Jane Foster in um, the first two Thor movies. I am super um, excited believe- for this for a multitude of reasons. And the first one being that a, I just love Natalie Portman and like everything ever. I just think she's an amazing human being. She Maybe. needs to have plenty of snark to combat Thor's arrogance, I guess the word would be. And I think she did in the first couple movies. And secondly, I'm just excited to see this character come back because I felt like it was kind of weird how they wrote her off in the third Thor. Yeah, totally agreed. It almost felt like she they wanted her to be in it, but she had a scheduling conflict. So they were like, all right, just stick one line in there that says she's like somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was very weird. They did the same thing in Age of Ultron. They did it in a, a, quite a few movies, actually. But... I guess I'm wondering, like, given where we left the, like, the Thor that we currently know, which is Chris Hemsworth, like, first of all, what is his contract like? Like, like, I don't know where that Thor sits anymore, because when we left him, he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's, you know, talking, like, as Guardians of the Galaxy, he's going to go with them and do various things. He's also still, like, pudgy and, like, emotionally traumatized and all this stuff. Well, I'm assuming he's going to work off the pudge by the next movie i would think so but i don't know like it seems like this next thor is going to focus a lot around the new thor which is going to be natalie portman and it's also going to focus a lot on valkyrie as she is now kind of the leader of asgard or asgard as it remains on earth um and that was another big thing that obviously was talked about a lot with this is like um Valkyrie is the first LGBTQ uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe character. And in this movie, you know, Tessa Thompson is saying that she's going to be looking for her queen. And people are already saying, okay, is that going to be, you know, is it going to be Jane Foster? Is it going to be Captain Marvel? So, like, there's already, like, so much hype surrounding this movie. And, um, I, you know, I'm hyped about it. I'm like, very excited. I could see it being Captain Marvel. I don't see it being Jane Foster. Her and Thor are, like... Peas and carrots. Are they? Look, again, we haven't even... Like, it's it's hard. For, I, I get what you're saying, but, like, it's hard for me to say that. Especially for me, I guess, considering that I never saw The Dark World. I still have not seen The Dark World. But, like, we haven't seen Jane Foster in how many movies, and Thor's been out doing his own thing and, like, going through all these things without her. So there's a reason why I use the peas and carrots reference. How often did you see Forrest Gump with Jenna? throughout the whole movie not often but they were like peas and carrots the whole time and you know what that's a okay you have me there um way to play to my love of tom hanks um yeah i don't know i i like i agree that i think it's more likely that it's captain marvel um or someone we haven't met yet but uh, um it's it's all very interesting like as i look at the phase four lineup um you know, there's obviously a lot that interests me. I don't know. Like, this puts me, obviously, in a, in a difficult position that I, you know, had assumed I was going to be in eventually, which is, do I buy Disney Plus? <laughs> you know, like, there's probably there's a lot of people that are looking at this. a lot of good TV content for Disney Plus. And 
so the weird thing for me is that uh, at least DC, a lot of their DC, I forget what their streaming service was, but whatever their DC streaming service was, they had a lot of different like offshoot TV series. And a lot of them were cartoons and animated. And it's just really interesting to me that they were able to retain all of the big name actors and actresses in all of these spinoff TV series, considering they're going to be on a platform that it's not guaranteed to take off. You know what I mean? Well, right. And it has me wondering what the production value of these TV shows is going to be like. Because, like, I... And this is an unpopular opinion, so brace yourselves. I think, actually, I think you guys watched this show and loved it. But, like, I tried very hard with Daredevil. I watched five or six episodes, which for me is trying very hard. And I just, I couldn't do it. And, I, I like, part of me thinks it might have been production value related. I, I don't know. But, like, I'm wondering if... It's it's tough for me to want to commit to Disney Plus only to find all the that all these shows are like that to me that I'm just not as into it as I am in, in a feature length film. I would be interested to see if they're going to have some kind of trial period, kind of like every other streaming service always has some kind of like 30 day trial where you can kind of dip your toes in and see if you're going to like all of this new Disney Plus content. But honestly, I mean, if it's in the Marvel Universe and it's all going to be tied in and it's going to be canon, I feel like they have to have a good production value and it's going to be like seriously monitored to make sure that it doesn't tarnish what the MCU has built. So I can only imagine that it's going to be a lot better than Netflix's Daredevil just because of all of the manpower and the money behind these series. I hope that it doesn't tie in that well i hope that when you go see the movies you wouldn't need the whole backstory to get it because there are people who don't have access to internet but will go see the movies see that's where i think that the doctor strange movie is going to be interesting and i think that's where we're going to find out how much they're going to tie in because wandavision is going to be its disney plus show and then she's going to be such a big part i did confirm and um scarlet witch is going to be a big part of the doctor strange movie so they're I think we'll find out how much it's going to tie into the TV stuff, because if we go into that movie and you're completely lost because you didn't watch WandaVision, then you'll probably have to go back and catch up on all of the other Disney Plus shows if you're going to catch up on any of the Avengers MCU stuff, which honestly, it's a little bit daunting because as it is, I felt like the movies themselves were kind of hard to keep up on. Like I felt like every other month I had to go see this movie where I was going to be out of the loop. And if that's how it's going to be with TV shows, like I don't know if I can juggle that many new TV shows. I mean... Going back to your point too, illegal. When I tried, I've tried Punisher. I, I've watched The Flash. I've watched Arrowverse, and I could only take so much in at one time of a superhero show. I have to mix it up yeah. between other things. Every show I've gotten like, you know, varying degrees into it, whether it be mul- multiple seasons or just a few episodes. Um, I just, I just can't keep going on the superhero train and now if we're gonna get bombarded yikes well that was the thing with right. you mentioned the arrowverse and the thing that kind of got me was that they have these big tie-in events and if you don't watch all of the shows in the arrowverse you're kind of lost a little bit like you lose plot points from the other shows and like they had four or five different series going at one point and i just wanted to watch the flash like i didn't want to have to watch these five other shows to understand what was going on for a few episodes so that'll be interesting to see how they handle that with all of these Disney Plus shows. It's it's going to be a tightrope walk because like I, I do think that there's probably a way for them to do it right. But like as I look at this, you know, again, like it, if they tie into each other 
closely enough where you need to watch all of it, which I, boy, I hope that's not the case. Then, because then, you know, like I said, you have seven things in 2021. Seven things. Like, I, I'm already, like, you know, I haven't seen the, ne- the newest Spider-Man yet because after Endgame, I was like, okay, that was amazing, but I need a break. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm already saying to myself, like, okay, after I see Spider-Man maybe this weekend, like, I'm not going to be on the Marvel train for at least, like, you know, God willing, six months or something, you know? But now... You know, it seems like they're going to give us that break, sure. But then in 2020, like, May 1st, they're kicking off Phase 4, and it's going to be just an onslaught for, like, whatever, two straight years of just boom, boom, taking all this content. We know you want it, and we know you're going to pay for Disney+, Plus, so do it, you know. So the Um, thing is, and this is kind of where I'm unsure if I'm going to continue. I mean, obviously, I think I will because I'm in too deep at this point. But the only main character that I'm kind of super invested in is Spider-Man. And then Captain Marvel, I'm kind of mad about. Thor himself, I'm not really sold on. I'm going to watch it because I'm super excited for Natalie Portman to be Thor and Jane Foster to be Thor. But besides Spider-Man and maybe Guardians... Are you super invested in any of these characters? I'm invested in, in uh, um, the WandaVision side of it simply because mm. I always felt like they underpowered Scarlet Witch. I, I really want to see them develop her much more. But other than that, I, I'm kind of with you. There's there's one or two that I may be interested in seeing. I would say for me... So first of all, I, I've heard that complaint about Scarlet Witch before. Um I would. I. I am a Doctor Strange fan. So like, and again, just because of the premise they're laying out for Doctor Strange's next movie, where they're like, it's going to be this psychological horror, or whatever. Like, I'm certainly most interested in that as far as this slate goes. Like, it. It's going to be interesting because I would hope that they would eventually transition to this kind of thing where like, okay, watch the characters that you actually connect with and enjoy, and not just watch everything. Like, like. Don't get me wrong, I thought Black Widow was a great character, but I am a little curious, like, like Black Widow is, spoiler alert, she is dead. So, like, the Black Widow movie is going to be a prequel. And, like, I don't know, I'm sure there's something that they will do within that prequel to tie it into the rest, because that's what they do. But, like, it's that, and it's also this onslaught of new characters that they're adding without really taking very many away that I'm just, I'm wondering how it's all going to go. And like, to your point, they haven't taken that many away because even though they're not totally announced, you do have Black Panther, a sequel waiting in the wings. You have a Captain Marvel sequel waiting in the wings somewhere. And they also... Spider-Man 3, I'm sure is coming right. at some point. And they have, I'm pretty sure, didn't they kind of hint that they had X-Men now? That they were going to start yeah, including, X-Men as well as Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of new superheroes. And I don't know, I'm kind of, we mention this all the time, but I have superhero fatigue. I need something new. But, and at some point, you, you, you have to choose. You have to, you have to take that list of, God, at this point, it's, you know, 30 characters. And you have to say, okay, I'm only going to go see the movies that have, you know, X and Y in them. And, and then the, the other, other side, ones take it or leave it. The other side of it is take a step back from Disney too. That's coming up, right? You got Suicide Squad two. You got the new Joker movie that's coming out. I mean, we're just getting mm-hmm. bombarded left and right. Yeah, new Joker movie looks amazing. But, but yeah, it, it, no, it's it's definitely. And then and you know you have the new, the Robert Pattinson Batman that like is going to happen at some point. So like yeah, there's 
a lot. Um, so you know what? Let's take a trip away from superheroes for a minute, and let's uh, let's talk about uh, something that's more grounded in reality, although not a whole lot. Uh, Top Gun. I should say Top Gun Maverick, because this is obviously a sequel to the 1980 something Top Gun. Which have you guys seen the original Top Gun? Danger Zone. I have seen the original Top Gun. Yeah. Right. Likewise. Um, Danger Zone is a classic, obviously. If they don't have Danger Zone in the movie... Oh my god, I'd be so disappointed. Just a, just a huge missed opportunity. I mean, I, don't, I can't even imagine the, the second movie without Danger Zone in it. But um, yeah, so, so Tom Cruise showed up, I think, at Hall H, or like one of the bigger halls, and like surprise dropped this trailer on a bunch of people. And I did watch the trailer, and like, oh my god, Tom Cruise is crazy. That's, I, I have two that's theories always about my first this movie. Away. Okay. First theory. He said, I'm not doing it unless I get to fly a plane. Probably accurate. So, I actually have some information about this, but I'll let you say what your other theory is. Second theory. It's the, the plot of the story is going to be that the market is moving into... Um, not the market, the, sorry, the tactical side of it is moving into UAVs and drones and it's all like your kind is done, especially when they said that in the, uh, in the trailer at the end. And that's because he's going to, the whole movie is going to be him proving himself that he's better than a robot. Can we just for a second though, like, I guess I don't have a lot of military experience, but do you guys honestly think that Tom Cruise at, I don't even know how old he is, 50s? In his 50s? Would he be uh, cleared to fly in any kind of combat mission? I think he'd be retired well, so right I, now. I already know all of this. Because um, as soon as I saw the trailer, I looked it up immediately and was like, okay, we know who Tom, we know Tom Cruise. We know that he's all about, like, I do my own stunts, I break my own legs, all that stuff. So, like, your first thought when you see this trailer is, Oh my God, he's actually flying. They actually let him fly the freaking jet. And so I will say, not to let you down, but they did not let him fly the actual jet, obviously, because he's a civilian and they're military aircraft that cost like, you know, millions of dollars and all that. So no, he did not fly the actual jets. He does fly, according to this article I have in front of me from Screen Rant, he does fly other, um, other aircraft in the film, but not military aircraft. Now, whether he would be cleared to fly if he had the proper training is is another question entirely. But I will tell you that Tom Cruise is 57 years old. So, like, wow. Old old dude, uh, clearly still all about, like, you know, trying to die in movies. But um, to speak to your theory, Tectic, about uh, um, this whole, like, is he in the UAV aspect? The trailer does kind of point to that, right? That he's being phased out or like you know ed harris tells him like you're you're part of a dying breed essentially you know eventually your job's going to be replaced what are you going to do about that and tom cruise is like i'm just going to fly planes man i don't know like it was just it's super thrilling to watch the trailer but it's also a little hard to get a sense of what it's about i can read the wikipedia byline if you guys want me to because i actually just did this like half an hour ago do it um let me look it up uh just so i can read it verbatim but essentially goose's son shows up i don't know if that's a spoiler hopefully it's not i mean it's in the wikipedia like byline top gun maverick takes place 34 years after the events of the original film and pits now captain pete 
Maverick Mitchell as a flight instructor at Top Gun, in which he guides Bradley, Goose's son, who seeks to become an aviator much as his father was. So, uh, yeah. Um, Goose's son is played by Miles Teller. I kind of like that. Uh, yeah, so, I like Miles Teller. He's, do you think it's kind of like a uh, flying version of Apollo? The Apollo movie that came out where Rocky trained Creed's son kind of thing? You mean Creed? Yes, all right. Like, you mean the recent one? Yeah. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, I mean you know, any exe- any Hollywood exec, um, especially Jerry Bruckheimer, who is producing this, apparently, um, is going to look at intellectual property like Top Gun and say, okay, Tom Cruise is going to die eventually because he's a human being. He is a Scientologist, but he's a human being. So we need to, if we want to keep this franchise and keep it pumping money out, as any franchise does, we need to find fresh blood to, you know, like hang the Top Gun banner on. And I guess Miles Teller is as good a guy as any. I mean, I feel Um, like Miles Teller, I know he was in the Fantastic Four, but that movie I feel like just doesn't exist in my mind because it was just so bad. But he is kind of like, if you go back to the 90s and you had like the Ben Afflecks and trying to think of like you had the Tom Cruises and the Brad Pitts before they were niched into superhero roles. I feel like Miles Teller is that like young male star that isn't niched into a superhero role. One of the few at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I didn't see Fantastic Four, so I can't really speak to it. I, from what I heard that movie failed for reasons outside of him. Oh yeah. It was just like um, overall very, very bad. Yeah, he may have contributed in some way, but I don't think it was, like, his fault. Um, so, I don't know. Um, if you haven't watched the trailer, watch the trailer, because it's, like, you know, it, it, especially if you're, like, a plain nerd, which I know at least Tactic is. I don't know if you are, to his extent, Nerd Bomber, but, like... No, I'm not really. You see some pretty, you see some pretty cool stuff. Um, I was showing it to, like, some guys in my office, and they were like, oh, look at that downwash and like you know using a bunch of aerospacey terms um but yeah i mean it's i think it's gonna be a hit i expect it to be a hit did you guys were you guys like top gun super fans back in the day so i was was i one either of you I, i was more of an archer fan where he always quotes top gun simply by going danger zone that's kind of where i'm at Illegal? I think Top Gun is is fine. I don't like. I I, I will say like I'm. I don't think it's like the greatest movie ever. That's I think kinda, there's a chance that it's overrated. That's kind of where I fall, and so I'm not super excited for this movie. Like Top Gun was just capital F fine. I'm glad that they included the shirtless basketball scene that they had in Top Gun, though, in the original one. Really looking forward to that yeah. one. The, the the trailer does does promise more. I think it's volleyball in the first one. Oh yeah, I think you're right. It, it might be basketball on this one, but um, yeah, I kind of I I, I hear that in our bomber. Like, of all franchises to to breathe new life into after 34 years, I don't know that Top Gun would have been my first choice, but it's also like not an unreasonable choice. Mm-hmm. Is I guess where I am with it. Um, is there one that you could you think know. of right off the top of your head? Uh, Back to the Future. Yes, what that a great came, choice. What a fantastic choice. The first one came out in, again, I was just reading about this today because I don't work when I'm at my job. Uh, shout out to my boss. 
Uh, but first, Back to the Future came out in 1985. Now, granted, Back to the Future 3 probably came out in like the 90s or something. So it's technically not 34 years dead. Back to the Future 3 came out in 1990, exactly. But still, after, you know, what, 29 years, almost 30 years, I could see, I could very much see a, a world in which that is brought back successfully. And do you know who Marty McFly would be very, played by? Well, Marty McFly would still be Michael J. Fox. It would be someone else younger. Like, Marty McFly would go into the Doc Brown role, I would think. So do you know who the young I don't know. I actually be? don't know. Uh... Let me think for a second. I mean, I don't know how Back to the Future, like, the trilogy ends. Uh, in fact, I'm not even sure I've seen Back to the Future 2. So, like, just bear with me here. But uh, what, about, what? how about Finn Wolfhard? It's I thought you were going to say Tom Holland, busy. honestly. <laughs> nah, I'm not. Tom Holland is good, but he's already doing Uncharted. He's got things to do. Uh, I feel like oh, he's getting Finn to Wolfhard, that age, too, where he would too. be a little bit too old. Like, he's starting to age out of that high school role. Like, he, exactly. it's getting harder to buy that he's still in high school. Yeah, he's in. He's going to be in the movie, I think, next year. Tom Holland, that is. Who's And he's like, isn't he playing, like, Westinghouse or something? The current war. It's like a movie about, like, Tesla and Edison and all them. And he plays, what's his name, like, George Westinghouse or something? The guy, the Westinghouse guy. Mm-hmm. So, that's, like, a man, you know? So, like, it's not... I agree. He's like, he's aging out. So like, I would pick someone who's much more kiddish and like right now, Finn Wolfhard is the only person that's coming to mind, um, you know, for better or for worse. But yeah, that would be one that I would revive from the 80s, probably before I revived Top Gun. Another one I think would be cool, E.T. Although e- that's a lot more dangerous of a movie to touch. I feel like, like E.T. has reached like a reverent status where I would be very, very scared to screw it up. Yeah. I, if I was a filmmaker, I wouldn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole just because it's like so cherished, but like, I, you know, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like movies that I think are more deserving of, uh, you know, re resurrection, I would say those two probably among a number of others, but, but yeah, um, Top Gun comes out (laughs) sometime in 2020 here. I'll look it up really quick just so I can give you an actual date. Top Gun Maverick comes out June 26, 2020, so less than a year away. I'm sure we'll get at least one more trailer. That seems like a movie that will have a trailer in the Super Bowl or something. Um, so we have some more Comic-Con news to talk about. Um, you know what? Let's talk about uh, His Dark Materials, which... Uh, so HBO, this is going to be a series on HBO and... Uh, an additional trailer, there was already a trailer before this, but an additional trailer was released uh, during Comic-Con. And um, I guess, first of all, have you guys read these books? Because I have not. When I, I was a not. kid, I read the first book. I read The Golden Compass. And then I never got into the next two books. I don't know why. I remember hearing that they were all really good. But I think Harry Potter, like a Harry Potter book came out sometime between when I read the first one and when I was going to read the second. And I just like dropped it and never came back to it. But I did remember, like, I really, really liked the first book. And when the movie came out and it had Nicole Kidman in it, it was like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years ago. I might be wrong. But the movie, I remember being extraordinarily bad. I did not like the movie. It had, like, Daniel Craig in it, too, didn't it? Yeah, I was not a fan of the movie. And watching this trailer, I got super, super excited because it looks like they're actually going to do it right. So here was my first reaction. Yeah. And I, I'm 
I guarantee you a lot of other people had the same reaction as me. My first reaction was exactly, wow, X-Men's getting weird. And then my second reaction was, wow, this looks really cool. I, well, yeah, so I have have a bit of a story about his dark materials, but like I watched the trailer. I thought it was fine. I love James McAvoy. That he's one of those guys right now. He can do no wrong. Anything he does in on a screen, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for it. But my my his dark materials story is, I was on a long car ride. I think it was it was in 2015, so it was four years ago, and I was on my way from where you guys live to where I live. So uh, for those that don't know, it's like nine hours, eight or nine hours, long drive. And I was driving with a friend, so I wasn't driving. I was, like, sitting in the back seat. Actually, I was driving with a bunch of people. We were carpooling back from a wedding. And my friend who was driving was like, hey, do you want to listen to this, like, audiobook that's supposed to be really good? And I was like, sure. And he puts on, I think, The Golden Compass. The first, it's one of the His Dark Materials books. I think The Golden Compass. And, I mean, this audiobook narrator, imagine the sound of the driest, oldest British man speaking a book into you and like talking about these like daemon things and like people who have read his dark materials are probably freaking out of me right now but i can't remember being so bored in my life i feel like that was a really bad first exposure oh it was horrible i i i don't disagree with you at all but like like i haven't been able to shake that so like i'm watching this trailer for the current rendition and like it's you know you have james mcavoy and you have lin-manuel miranda and you have all this crazy stuff going on that looks like it should be like great and all i'm thinking is i'll never forget how how horrible that audiobook was (laughs) so for me it's going to be tough um do you guys see this as being like a potential next game of thrones or is that even what they're trying to do that's particularly what I was excited for, is it looked like a combination between Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. Kind of the two worlds that I've always said, man, wouldn't it be neat if they smashed together? And, and wouldn't you know it, they smashed together. Well, so for me, I'm excited because they have a lot of source material. And part of where Game of Thrones went off the rails is when the source material kind of ran out. And everything that I've been reading so far says that they're going to be following the source material in the book really closely. So I think if they do that, the book was actually, like you said, like a pretty decent mashup of like the magic and mystery of Harry Potter with like a fantasy adventure series, kind of like when I was a kid, I thought it was more along the lines of like Aragon or something like that. So I think that would be a really compelling TV show. It got really dark. So I think it's going to appeal to adult audiences because Game of Thrones is really dark. And I I don't think it's going to be a very kid-oriented show, to be totally honest with you. Like, I think it would be like Game of Thrones, where you probably shouldn't let your kid watch it. So, like, there might be side boob. Maybe. I could see that. But because of all of those factors, I think it could have the potential to be HBO's next big Game of Thrones-esque type series. Especially considering that The Golden Compass and His Dark Materials as a series was so beloved as books. Like, it is one of the top-tier young adult fantasy series of all time. Like, if you go into Goodreads, or even if you Google, like, top fantasy series for teens, like, that comes up. It is so well-known and well-renowned. So I think you're going to get a lot of, like, audience base right off the bat from that. So it could very well be the next Game of Thrones. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm just kind of reading here. So the first series, and, and it's British, so they're calling seasons series. Uh, the first series uh, wrapped, and it has, I think, eight episodes in it. Uh, it has already been renewed for a second series of eight episodes. So, like, it's already... It, HBO, at the very least, likes what they see a lot. I, I have no sense of how long it could go or how long it will go, but um, it seems like they really like it. Uh, I'm... I'm intrigued, but I'm not sure it's for me. That's I, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. But. I would challenge you, and I, I give this challenge to both you and Tactic, in the next like month or so, because I think this TV series, they said it's going to come out sometime in late 2019 for U.S. audiences on HBO. Sometime in the next like month or so, I challenge you guys to read The Golden Compass. And don't audiobook it. Like Just go in with a fresh perspective it's going to be a super easy read because, like I said, it was originally geared towards teens, so like the font's real big. You can get through the book pretty quickly. Just give it a read. Let me know what you think. Check. Kind of super like excited about the audiobook, to be honest. Mm. I, I mean, hey, if I don't know, I can find out exactly which one it was for you, so you can give it a try. It'll put you to bed. I, I got a great nap in. I mean, I don't know. I yeah, I, I would definitely consider trying to read it, but I would never try to listen to the audiobook again. Um, especially not while driving, because that just seems borderline dangerous. Um, so yeah, his dark materials, as as Nerbomber said, uh, will be dropping sometime in late 2019. Exact release date unknown. Um, before we talk about some more stuff, uh, we want to talk to you guys about Podcoin. Yeah, so Podcoin is an app that you can download on both iOS and Android, and it's basically another podcatcher, but the the cool thing is that you actually get paid to listen to podcasts, so you'll get Podcoin for every minute that you listen to a podcast, and you can use that Podcoin to get gift cards for yourself, or you can even donate it to charity, so if you guys are interested in checking it out and you haven't already signed up for it, you can use our referral code, which is Online Warriors, and you'll get 300 Podcoin, so check that out. You can can download that again on ios and android shout out to podcoin um and also another sh- uh, shout out real quick to uh, our, our patreon producer ben ben checkness um just want to give him another quick shout out here at the midpoint and um let's talk about this cats trailer guys uh because i just i kind of need to unpack this emotionally um so first of all did you guys watch it I did watch it, and it was the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, I mean, good, good I thought the main I thought the main character was the only one that looked rendered well. Everything else, it seemed like their body was floating away from their face. I like, I don't know. I, I, the the main character may have been rendered fine, but they were putting her in a lot of like, like they had her like at the table with the big plate and the big fork and and knife, and it still looked weird. I mean, I don't know, like, she might have looked, I think Taylor Swift looked the best, because I think Taylor Swift has, like, cat eyes, kind of, like, I don't know, they show Taylor Swift for, like, for, like, five seconds, so, like, she looked the best, but maybe when she was up and walking around, she wouldn't, um, I thought Rebel Wilson looked the worst, I mean, if you haven't watched this trailer, go watch it right now, because it's, it's terrifying, I know it's a bad reason to watch something, but you'll be glad you did, if only to be part of the meme that it is. The crazy thing to me is that this is like an all-star cast. You have so many top-tier singers and actors in this movie, and 
it feels kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog where they need to go back and do a complete CGI overhaul because there are parts in this trailer where it almost looks like they don't have bones. Like these cats just look like jellyfish out there and it is the most disturbing thing. And even some of the face overlays onto the cats, they just look like they need another layer of production because it doesn't mesh well. It's very uncanny and scary and I just don't like it. Like the audio and you can tell there was a a lot of effort put into it like all of the singing was fantastic you have jennifer oh, hudson great. yeah like belting stuff yeah. out and she sounds phenomenal as she always does it's just ugh. the the cgi not good it the the rebel wilson part in particular is just it's so very jarring for so many reasons james corden is a runner-up but like i don't and this is kind of speaking to all the female cats like they have boobs. Like I've seen some some uh, pushback on that, like as being an interesting choice. Like, ah man, visually it's just it's so creepy. I don't understand why they want the CGA route. It's it's based off of a Broadway musical where they have these gorgeous eccentric costumes, and they could have just went that route, and it'd been fine. Yeah, well, I'm not really. I agree with that. I agree too. And, and like another interesting move, and I, you know, maybe it was the, the gears were turning long before, but like this trailer was released basically in conjunction with the Lion King, um, which is currently and I'm gonna sneeze. <coughs> I sneeze. Bless you. Um, yeah, that's the first time that's I think that's ever happened on a live recording. Uh, anyways, um, it was released in conjunction with the Lion King, which I think you guys are gonna talk about because you you saw it, but like. That is that movie is currently getting a bunch of backlash for having Uncanny Valley CGI. So like kind of bad timing in that sense too, where like people are talking about it and then Cats comes out, the, the trailer for Cats comes out. People are like, wow, this is even worse than what we just saw and we're freaked out by. So like that's probably not helping matters. We're in a weird time with CGI where it's getting too good but it's still not good enough where it's obvious. Well, It'll yeah, be I mean, interesting. You, Oops, sorry, go ahead. You, well, you, ha- you, I'm just, you have hack jobs like, like Sonic, which, again, hopefully they fix that. We talked about this on a previous episode. You have stuff that's so good it might be bad, which is like Lion King. And then you have stuff that's like, I don't even know what, which is the, you know, the Aladdin trailer that we were talking about a while back. So, like, yeah, it's a weird time for CGI for sure. It'll be interesting to see if they make any changes to the CGI after the the basic public lambasting that the trailer got. Like, they have to do something, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody hates it. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say hates it. But like, like, again, you said the music was good. The music is really good. It's, you know, it has the choreographer from Hamilton. Like, it's going to be a great movie, but, like, you're going to have to swallow the bitter pill that is some unsettling visuals. Unless, like you said, they go back and fix it because people right now are either overtly criticizing it or laughing at it or both. I was laughing at it when I watched it, but I was also like, my God, this is, I'm so uncomfortable. Like that was my natural reaction was to laugh at it. But I don't know if that's what they're, what they're going for exactly. Somehow I Um, don't think so. Yeah. So uh, yeah, check out that cast trailer. If you have, I don't even, we don't really need to talk about it much more than that. We should talk about the walking dead instead, but like that, Ugh. so yeah the walking dead um 
there's some movies coming out, and I'm going to swing it over to the Nerd Bomber, who is our local Walking Dead expert, I guess. Yeah, so this one I'm going to run through really quickly because I don't have a whole lot to say on this, but they did reveal at San Diego Comic-Con that there will be a trilogy of Walking Dead movies that will follow Rick Grimes, who Andrew Lincoln will come back to play Rick Grimes in these movies, and it'll basically follow what he's been doing since... No, or spoiler alert, I guess, if you're far behind in the series, since he was taken away in a helicopter a couple seasons ago and his character left the Walking Dead TV series. So those will be incoming. I'm not really sure. Like, it just kind of feels weird to me that they would have his character do a trilogy of movies away from the the family, quote unquote, that he built in Alexandria. And like, why wouldn't he want to go back and find his children kind of thing? So that kind of feels weird to me, but I guess we'll have to see how that goes when those movies come out. This to me feels like it should have ended a while ago, but Continuous Money Graham is kind of where my head's at. Yeah, this trilogy of movies just feels a little bit too late, especially on the heels of Denai Guerrera basically announcing that her character is done after this season. She's done with the TV show. Like It just feels like this show has to come to an end. They have a ton of spinoffs they can go into. Like, they need to just put this to bed. The comics are over. It's losing steam. It's losing a fan base. Just call it a day. That's exactly what I was just going to say is, like, especially for a show that is about a zombie apocalypse. Like, there is only so long that show can go on for, right? Like, it's, I I don't know. To me, it has a very finite runtime. And, like, what season are we on of Walking Dead? Like, 10 or something? Like, how long is that show Yeah, it's season 10. Um. So, like, you know, I stopped watching after the end of season two because I was like, all right, this after season two, there's a departure point where it's like, all right, this is going to start getting kind of weird. So I'm just going to let it go like it was good, but I'm going to let it be what it is. So now, like, we're getting movies and we're getting 10 seasons and a bunch of spinoff shows and like, okay, we get it. People liked it for a while, but sometimes you're better off just letting things letting things die and letting characters die. And I don't know about Andrew Lincoln's decision to come back on this. They've tried killing it, but they just didn't go for the head. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Walking Dead movies release date TBD. Um, so that kind of rounds out, you know, obviously San Diego Comic-Con is a huge event. We didn't get to talk about a lot of things that happened. Um, if you want our takes or opinions or just general musings on any other things at Comic-Con that we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, at illegal 86 is my handle. We have the at Online Warriors 1, which is just for the podcast. Then we have at OW Nerd Bomber and at OW Tactic for, I don't know, just general thoughts on Comic-Con. Um, for now, we're going to get, we're going to run through some general thoughts on uh, the past weeks of our lives. Uh, and I'm going to swing it over to Mr. Tactic to start us off. Okay, so the first most exciting thing in my life is um, with respect to something that happened to me at work. And what that is, is that when I go to work, I always talk about things that I'm doing. And recently I've started collecting Pokemon cards, as you guys know. And then one of my coworkers gave me a handful of cards that he found in his basement. So now I am the proud owner of a bunch of new Squirtles. And then another exciting thing that happened this week is Nerd Bomber and I busted out the old telescope. And what was cool about that is... I didn't even know you owned a telescope. Sorry. Keep we going. own a telescope. And Jupiter has been really clear and easy to see um, as a sparkle in the sky for, for the normal people. But if you put it at 500 
X, I believe, is what we were looking at. Um, you could even see the storm as well as many of its moons. And there are many. I've there never are... done that. I've never, like, done 500X. It's it's really hard huh? to find the planet, but once you do, it's incredible. Like, you see it as a speck in the sky, but to see this thing up close and personal with your own eyes, not unlike a picture on the internet, is crazy. And what's even more so crazy So you find is... it... Sorry, I just I have to understand this. So you do you find it at like when it's a speck, and then you're like, okay, I think that speck is Jupiter, and then you like zoom way in, or is well, it there's a spotting scope that's uh, center lined to your big scope. So with the spotting scope, you find it, and then you just look into the big scope, and there it is. Now, what's interesting ah. about it is. When you're looking at it from afar, it doesn't. It looks like a stationary object in the sky, much like when when you took your uh, dynamics classes, right? It's your your stationary reference point is what your stars would be, right? But then when you're looking I wasn't at paying it, paying attention in dynamics class. But anyways, when you're looking at it under 500x, that sucker is hauling ass, if I may. And so you have to move. You have to slowly move the telescope yeah, to keep. Yeah, you up have with to be it. tracking it and keeping it, and it's constantly moving. It's 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 quite intense for those of you who haven't looked through a telescope yet. But given the distance, it is away. Aren't you still like? Don't you, I, I mean, I'm just imagining getting so frustrated, like moving the telescope like a tenth of a degree every five seconds to keep up with it. Like that, it probably would require quite a bit of precision. It I don't tracks, know, maybe I'm just it tracks quite view. well because you can adjust at two angles. So you can look while you're adjusting. So it's not that terrible. Um, it's not like adjust, look, adjust, look, adjust, look. Um, right. But when you're at 500x, right, that object's moving and we're rotating as well. So it's it's you're going to see that motion when you're zoomed so close. Right. So it makes sense, huh. but it's just, it's it's crazy to think, because like I said, you're looking at it and it just looks like a stationary object, but then once you zoom in, it's hauling. You got to uh, stick your phone up to that telescope and get us a, a picture for the Instagram. I, I know that's not how it works before you, before you say that's not how it works. I think you actually can. Try. It's just very difficult to get a clear picture of it, but I know people have. The trick is to have well, a motorized Keep an eye on our tracker. Instagram to do that we 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 can try to do it and put it on our, I, I shouldn't say we i have no part in this i'm basically signing you guys up to, to go on an impossible mission to try and get a picture of jupiter it's probably if not going to happen if we put a motorized tracker on it and then we can just focus on holding our phones it's much more possible but right now we just have the hand knobs take a picture of your of you guys looking into the telescope and put that on instagram that might be easier Okay, I'm going to have a really, like, fake, candid face, you know, mouth agape, looking up, like, wow, kind of thing. Yeah, like... Like, what would be on the face on the box cover is what the face I'm going to make. That's what I want. It's exactly what I want, is serve us some telescope box realness on the Instagram. You know how it says, like, the image, and then it has telescope fun, wow. That's what it's, it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, feel free to do all the editing you want. Um, that that's up to you, uh, Nerd Bomber. What do you have for us this fine uh, thing? So this past week, I saw a movie that a lot of people have been in constant debate about on social media. I went to see Here The Lion go. King, and you know, unpopular opinion. I really liked it. I didn't mind the CGI at all. 
Yeah, so I think the major bone of contention that people had is that the animals lost some emotion in the CGI because the one thing that I will say is that Disney did an incredible job with this movie. Like, it seriously looks lifelike. It looks like it could be straight out of National Geographic. It looked super great, visually stunning, etc., etc. For the people saying that the emotion was lost from the animals... I think that you just have to realize that real-life animals emote differently than people do. Uh, People use facial expressions, and that's kind of what the cartoon used to basically show all of the different emotions that the characters were feeling, in addition to, like, they in the cartoon, they took on more humanistic mannerisms. Whereas if you're watching this live-action movie, you have to look at the other tells that the animals have. You can hear my dog howling in the background. Totally fine. Don't worry about it. That's a tell. Um, But you can just see in their body language, it's a little bit different. Like, I'm always constantly surrounded by animals, have been my entire life. So, like, I can tell when the lions looked sad or depressed, their body language might not have shown in their face, but you could just tell by the way their body was structured that that's how they were displaying their emotion. So some people wanted a little bit more overt displays of emotion, and it kind of made it a little bit uncanny valley-ish to see real-life animals and in this very emotional childhood film. Um, well, yeah, I think you're touching on something that I just... So I have not seen it. Um I know people who have gone to see it and people have given, you know, people have given both reactions. People like you and other people I've met, I've talked to have loved it. And then I'm talking the most ardent Disney fans, the most ardent musical fans but alike have gone to see it and been like, that was a waste. I did, I did not like it. People have said they hated it. Like for me, it doesn't even boil down to any of that. It boils down to something that I think you just touched on. You were talking about how the animals emote differently than in the original film this is a movie that was excavated from its essentially perfectness for profit. And that is, that's exactly why I didn't see Aladdin. It's why I'm not going to see this one. I disagree with the principle of it. Do I disagree with the execution? No, not really. I think, you know, the CGI looks great. I'm sure the CGI looks great. I'm sure Beyonce sounds amazing. You know, I'm sure it's it's probably executed almost as well as it could have been. I just don't agree with the principle of it. But like, if you can get past that, yeah, you'll probably love it. And I mean, that's fair. I'm someone who like, these are the movies of my childhood. So I'm the perfect like shill. I will go see all of these movies because I am just nostalgic and I love it. And Lion King is probably my favorite, favorite, favorite Disney animated movie of all time. So going in, as long as they didn't screw up the story and they didn't screw up the music, I was going to be happy. That sounds terrible, but like it basically was a retelling, almost scene by scene, of the original movie. Minus one important detail. They took out a lot of Rafiki's involvement. They made him less eccentric. They His voice was just not as good. The, my only complaint was Rafiki, because my most favorite thing line that he ever does, and I have said it a million times because I love to quote it, is when he f- remembers that Simba's alive, he goes, and I quote, Simba's alive! And it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've heard, and that's what I think the biggest and most common knock of it is, is that it's a retelling, it adds nothing, so why did you, why did you do it? And, like, I, and I think I said this about Aladdin, too, when we talked about Aladdin. 
if I had kids, I would probably feel a lot different about this because I'd be like, oh, my kids are getting this fresh retelling of this thing that I loved. And like, that's, that's great. Cause then we have, the, we could have this common thing in our childhood, you know, it, but like, I don't know. I think I, that really is, that really is where it comes down. Cause even when we saw Toy Story 4, like watching my nephew see these movies and connect with these characters for the first time. It, it's just, I guess you appreciate the fact that a younger generation gets to experience this. So for me, I see it less of like a money grab, even though I know that's basically what it is. But I see it more as an opportunity for generations who maybe would look at the old movies and be like, oh, that's from the 90s. It doesn't have the updated CGI animations. Like, this is old school. I don't want to see this. And it gives them a chance to see these stories and these beloved characters when they might not have done that in the past. Well, and now, and now you have me cutting back on myself because, like, I saw Toy Story 4 and was over the moon about it. Loved it. Thought it was incredible. So, like, you know, there are exceptions to every rule and I could stand here all day and say blah, blah, blah on the principle of blah. But if I like a movie, I like a movie. Maybe if I saw Lion King, I would love it. Yeah, I mean, in terms of even the soundtrack and the acting, I feel like a lot of the voice actors were spot on. Like, Timon and Pumbaa, I felt like, were perfect out of Seth all of Rogan the characters fantastic like they made their scenes it was just fantastic yeah. so like i know I billy Eichner and Seth Rogen get a lot of praise mm-hmm. yeah well that's good to know um maybe my mind will change but i've i have a lot on the backlog movie wise um what i've been up to i'm just gonna quick two bullets and it's gonna sound it's gonna sound bad it's gonna sound like my entire life is just television but like Come on, guys. We all watch TV. Um, I'd finished Stranger Things Season 3. The quick byline is that it's better than Season 2. Not as good as Season 1. Overall, very good. Um, No spoilers. I loved it. Um, I will definitely be watching Season 4 because, yes, there will be Season 4. I guess that's kind of a spoiler. Um, The other thing I have been watching, I watched... I binge-watched both of these things because that came out on the 4th of July, but this actually came out this past Friday, and I already watched all of it, which is, um, have you guys ever watched Queer Eye, the new Queer Eye? No, I haven't gotten to that. I, ha- I have to give a shout out to, to the new Queer Eye, uh, the Netflix Queer Eye. Uh, season four came out on Friday with eight episodes. They're each about 45 minutes to an hour long. And I finished it actually just before stepping in here to record. Um, I love it, man. It's like, it's so saccharine. Like, it's so... It's very, people are, you know, the premise of it is five gay guys come in and give a straight guy or in certain instances a straight woman or like a lesbian, like they've done a bunch of different people, but they come in and give this person a makeover, teach them how to like cook better and dress better, um, restyle their house and do a bunch of stuff. And like, it's kind of like our generation's extreme home makeovers. I don't even know what to compare it to, but it's just this saccharine reality show where there's a lot of happy tears that are shed and there's a lot of very like manufactured emotional moments, but I love it for what it is. Uh, it's very uplifting. So if you're in the mood to be uplifted, I would recommend it. Um, the other thing that's been going on with me is I have been continuing to be bad at fantasy movie league, which is my bad segue into our fantasy movie league update. Honestly, there's not much of an update here. I don't, I don't think any of the positions changed, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I am wrong. Sorry, I am wrong. Tactic dropped to third place. I don't think that's what it was before, or was it? I've been lingering between third and second this whole season. I haven't been holding strong. 
Um, I actually filled out my lineup last week, which, as we now know, it's a rarity for me to do that. And I still came in third place. And you two both beat me. I, uh, once again, am yeah. still reigning in first place. I don't know she how I do it. Win. I'm just so humble. I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> you are alone in first place. Um, ahead of Devin Reed by... Oh, gosh, my math skills are not what they used to be. $27 million, roughly. Oh, it gives you the number right here. Jeez. Tactic, you are just outside of second place. You and Devin Reed are essentially knotted up. Uh, you're, it looks like, less than a million. Gosh, less than $500,000 behind him. So you can close that gap easily. Um, in fourth place, you have Spitfire, who is a far cry away, some $80 million away from you, Tactic. 100 plus million away from Dirt Bomber. And then... There's me at fifth, at fifth place. Uh, 30,000 behind that guy. 35,000, I should say. Um, followed by me, you have Hipster Pop Geek. Um, I think we have a new we have, we have a new player, guys. We do have a uh, new player JCIB, this JCIB, JCIB 2003. Um, notched a solid week at 141 million. That's I think that's right in there. I have to, I have to check the stats for this most recent week. Um Solid 141 million, so he's in the game. And then, of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention our friends over at Dem Fancy who still have zero dollars. I always love giving that update. Um, so we're heading into week eight now out of a 10-week season, so I think I'm pretty much out of it. I'm still going to be filling out my lineups and trying to win for pride's sake, but um, Nerd Bombers might cruise to a win on this one unless Tectic does something. I got to lock or in my Devin second Reed. place. That's my That's my jam right there. Um, if you want to join us, uh, first of all, you can join in on, on the remainder of the season as uh, JCIB did. Um, we are at Online Warriors Podcast. That It's a private league, so the password to get in is podcast all lowercase. We're also going to be starting, what, our third season? Uh, um, the week of August 18th, it looks like. So um, if you want to wait and get in on the ground floor so you're on even footing with everyone, then that would be the time to do it. So, uh, yeah, check us out. Fantasy Movie League is a lot of fun. I'm pretty bad at it, even though I love movies, and I consider it to be, like, my number one hobby. So, bit of a hump, slice of humble pie, you could say. There's um, always next season. There, You know what? There's always next season. That's the great thing about it. Yeah, uh, you, can, so you, can get, already... you can get first or third. It's, anything's possible. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, as long as I don't come in last, I suppose I'm happy. Um, we're running a little short on time. I think we're already over our, our hour allotment, but let's do a quick little quick little quiz administered by our, our friend Tectic. Okay, so our quiz today is going to be San Diego Comic-Con trivia. We're going to do five questions, prices right style. Ooh. Okay, and we're just going like to dive right into it. The first question Please. is when, and when I say when, I mean what year was the first san diego and i'm putting that in quotes comic-con held who gets to go first on this one uh oh it's it's all you it's always yeah ladies first first. all right so i think i might know this one so this might be a little unfair but i'm pretty sure it was 1970 on the nose okay i'm gonna go just well I, i can never remember which way is bust is it bust if i say older or bust if i say newer it's bust if you go over. But right, but what does going over mean? Just guess anything. You're going to lose. 
Okay. I knew it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess 2019. I'm gonna guess this was the first year. So the first San Diego Comic Con was held in 1970. It ran from August 1st to August 3rd in the basement of the U.S. Grand Hotel. So Nerd Bomber. Uh, no one. No one likes a nerd bomber. Uh, no one likes a know-it-all nerd bomber. <laughs> I'm gonna say no one likes a nerd bomber, um, but that's not true. Uh, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to rebound. So in this in this first uh, convention, how many people attended? Illegal. I'll let you go okay. first on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm pretty confident. It was in a basement, so it can't have been very many. I'm gonna say 300 people. Nerd Bomber? I'm going to go with 1,500. So no matter what you guessed, you would have got that one wrong because Illegal was right on the nose with 300 people. Really? No oh one likes the know-it-all Illegal. <laughs> well, we're, uh, it takes one to know one, I guess. Wow, this is, what the heck? This is like our best quiz performance ever. Yeah, Already, this is like unprecedented. Okay, Nerd Bomber's turn now. So... When they had their first Hollywood panel, what movie were they from? How is this oh. Price is Right style? <laughs> it seems like it's not. Let's just let's just alter. Don't it bust. Um, don't don't okay. bust on this one. <laughs> I am going to go with uh, Star Wars. Illegal. It's a pretty good guess. Uh, oh man, I'm gonna you know what? Just for duality's sake, I'm gonna go with Star Trek. So it was Star Wars. <laughs> Dang this, it! This right. is amazing. What the crap? Yeah, that, I mean that was that was the obvious choice. Not to diminish what uh, what you've accomplished, but that was the that was a clear choice. So congratulations. So there's two questions left, right? Yes. So so I have to get both of these to win. Obviously, as the convention grows, eventually they move to where they are located at today, which is the San Diego Convention Center. In what year did they make this move to its final home? Thank God that the question wasn't, where is it? Because I would have never known. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, you know what? My birthday. 19, my birth year, 1992. Nerd Um, I'm going to guess 1983. So... Illegal was closer, but he busted. So you bust Gosh. if you go later? Is that what you're saying? Apparently. Yeah, you go too Apparently. big. Okay. Right? Isn't that the price is right rule? Okay. Well, it depends on what your definition of big is. Because big might be going too... It's too many years ago. You know, anyways, just give the point to Nerd Bomber. I'm, I'm well, over Well, you know what? The answer? It was 1991. Ooh. Oh. So, you know what? Fine. That's brutal. Illegal was closer. We're going to be tied up. This way we can have an exciting last More question gets it. So we got two and two. And now the last I will question. Take the charity. What was the highest capacity hit for San Diego Comic Con? I go first I don't with even this know one. What that means. So the, the highest number of recorded guests. Is this like the full oh, weekend oh. on a particular day? Capacity is all at once. Okay. This year or Ever? All years. Okay. Oh God. Okay. I don't boy. All right. I'm I'm gonna guess hundred and twenty five thousand people. Cause how many people can be in a convention center? I feel like not that much Wait, more, right? It depends on the convention center. 
I'm actually, I had a number in my head immediately, and I'm going to stick with it. And it's actually lower. I'm going to guess 70,000 people. So neither of you busted. Oh. Oh, gosh. So that means uh, Nerbomber's closer. And the number is 130,000. Nerdbomber was very close. Oh, wow. wow. You were very close. Well, congratulations. That's uh, that's a victory well earned. So she Um, will be hosting the next questionnaire next week. You know, this is the first time I think I've won one of these quizzes, though, in probably like the entire series or season. Your guesses were fire, as the kids say. Yeah, I was. That is that's a huge convention center. Can we talk about that for a second? A hundred thirty. My God. And, you know, they weren't like packed on their like sardines, I would assume. The only reason I I thought that big was because I think they have like that park now that they've technically like annexed as part of San Diego Comic-Con. So I feel like that's how they get extra people in there. I don't know. Because I I was thinking like, what's the capacity of a football stadium? And I think I was pretty close to the the capacity of our hometown's football stadium. But I guess the convention center is bigger than that. So... You heard it here first, folks. Uh, if you want to go to San Diego Comic-Con, hopefully you're not agoraphobic because big crowds. Um, that wraps us up for today. Bit of a bit of a longer episode as a treat to our listeners. And um, yeah, we thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love doing what we do and we love that you love listening, hopefully. So uh, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. See ya. Adios.